Welcome to Mark My Words, a podcast that not only aims to inspire and teach the listener about entrepreneurship, it also aims to give my guests an opportunity to talk about their unique journey in entrepreneurship and life. So join me and my guests as we meet at the crossroads on Mark My Words. So today on Mark My Words, I have a two guests, as a matter of fact, not just one, but two. It's a family affair, and these are guests who specialize in an issue that I find I've had pretty much my whole life. I'm like the king of dry skin and itchy skin and just skin issues in general, certainly nothing major, but just kind of annoying. And as I read up on their story and learned about their product, I was like, man, where have Renee and Jonathan Harris been? They are the founders of Magon, which is a product I probably need to try because I've had dry skin on my face my whole life. I've Dry, just dry everywhere. This feels so personal. But yeah, I have had dry, itchy skin my whole life. And they are the founders of Maylon, which has really been very impactful, has been life changing for a lot of people. And I also want to know that they are also the founders of Parent Their Passion, which I also can't wait to hear more about. This sounds really interesting as well and very impactful as far as uh, helping others to, uh, you know, come up with their how to just juggle life. And they should know because they have nine kids, which is, wow, that's nine more than I have. So um, if you don't count my cat. So Putting all that aside, I can't even talk. This is this was happening even before we hit record. I hope that I can learn to verbalize really fast here. Jonathan, Renee, welcome to Mark My Words. How you doing today? Oh, great. Thank you. And Thanks, Mark, for having us. No problem. And hopefully we will continue to have a good dialogue here as I keep stumbling over my words. You know how... You get where, you know, the rest of your body is like really energetic, but your head's just kind of lagging behind. Oof, I I will try to get it together here real quick. And uh, enough about all that. Let's start off, as I always do, I love talking about everybody's journey and how, like what their passions were growing up and how they got to where they are. And the really cool thing this time, usually I have like a LinkedIn profile or something to go on, so I kind of know ahead of time. I didn't have that in this case. So I'm going to ask you both to kind of just talk about 
what were some of your passions growing up and whether something like this was, or, you know, whether it was skincare or being an entrepreneur was something you ever visualized doing or thought was even possible. And you guys can decide on who goes first. I'll start. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, you and I both, as far as the dry skin, uh, we have that in common, Mark. And so I wouldn't say that I had any kind of passion around that when, when I was a kid. The only thing I could think of that was related to my childhood as far as making stuff for my skin. I remember uh, this is like junior high when girls are starting to get into, you know, makeup, lipstick. And I remember my friends and I would try to make our own lip gloss. But the only thing we can think of that would work is like corn syrup and oil and then some kind of flavoring <laughs> just to get it glossy it just I, I can just I can already smell it and taste it it wasn't that nice at all but that was had nothing to do with I'm going to grow up and do skincare <laughs> but that was just my um my memory when you said something about passionate so you know no we we did not have any kind of a business background when we started our business it was a lot more different than that. Um, at the time you said, you know, as you're saying, we have nine kids at the time we had seven and I think our oldest was around 10. So we did have, we had a set of twins in there. Um, so they were spaced pretty close in age and we were living here in, in Northern California where we still live. I've always had the dry skin issues and especially as a mom with lots of kids, that's a lot of diapers to change and a lot of hand washing and a lot of cooking and I would get those cracks and splits in my fingers and then trying to chop lemons would just you know kill my fingers and I was into bread baking but there's a lot of salt in the bread dough and I'm doing some of the bread dough and that would hurt my I'd have to pull Jonathan in to say can you do the can you do the lemons can you do that anything that would sting I would have to pass off to Jonathan so that was always just the thing that I had going on but I figured it was just something, you know, everybody has different issues they have to deal with. And I just figured that the splits in my fingers were something I'd have to live with the rest of my life. Cause I tried all of the band-aids and the lotions and the emollients and the overnight gloves and nothing ever really worked. So usually I would be walking around with band-aids on my fingers. So, um, but what happened as far as the business transitioning into how that started I was making things from home a lot. And so one of those was like, I, I kind of dabbled in learning how to make soap. And I had heard something from uh, a soap forum that I was part of about this thing called a lotion bar, which does not make sense because lotion is liquid and a bar is not. <laughs> and so I, um, but it's supposed to help with dry skin. So I did find a recipe online and like deep inside a forum, there was a, you know, a list of all these different recipes. And it had a basically the same base of some kind of a, a wax base, in this case, beeswax, and then some butters and oils that were really good for the skin. So I just went for the easiest one that I can find and decided to try it. I didn't want to invest a lot of money in it, but I decided I can find this at my health food store. And it was just beeswax, shea butter, and coconut oil. And that was it. So I, I got the recipe, found the ingredients at the, at the health food store, and then made my first bar of lotion. And a hard lotion, I should say. That's what we called it later when we built a website around it. But that was something that 
um, it was really easy to make. And when I started to use it, it completely helped and fixed my skin. Like within, by the next day, I can feel a and huge that's, difference. And that's, that's after trying dozens and Everything. dozens of things on the market. You see them advertise on TV and they don't even work close to just this simple and it was so uh, easy formula. It was mm -hmm. just amazing. Like we're kind of, you know, sometimes you try something, you wait for a while, you think, oh, is it just a placebo effect or whatever? And this thing was, was pretty quick. Yeah. And um, I think we concluded that it's basically because it has no water. So that's the irony is that any lotion that has water is basically not effective, because, which is most of your lotion on the market. And the reason for that is because you have to have preservatives once you have the water. So then you need to have different ingredients that act as the preservative. And then oftentimes companies will add a, a fragrance and preservatives and fragrances and some of the other additives that they put in tend to actually make your skin worse. So it might feel good. I, I know sometimes I like to get like a, I'll get as a gift, like a liquid lotion from Bath and Body Works or something. It smells really good. So it always feels good at first, but then you'll notice like for me anyway, uh, for some people, they'll be very sensitive to it. I'm not that sensitive to it. I just realized, well, that was nice for about the first 10 minutes, but then half an hour later, my skin is dry again. So there's, there's no effective long-term solution for that. Uh, unless you make something like we do with something without water. And then it has the beeswax to make it last in the skin longer. The coconut oil has that really close melting point to what your skin's temperature is. So when you apply it, it absorbs right in. And then the shea butter, which I find is like the best ingredient is what helps with uh, not just nourishing the skin, but also other skin conditions like mild eczema and psoriasis. So anyway, together that made the lotion bar. So again, I wasn't thinking business. We were not thinking. Business. No, no, <laughs> it was just, a, and that's an example, by the way, I think when we started doing that uh, business, that was a turning point for us in many different ways. So up until then, both of us were much more traditional minded as far as schooling. Well, as far as our background we came from. So we went, we both went to college and we had a, a relatively good experience or we weren't unhappy with it, but, um, and we were much more employee minds, uh, mindset. So by that, by that time, Renee was already working at, uh, at home as a stay at home mom, but she was a public school teacher in the past. In the past. And I was working for a tech company and our mindset is probably much more, how do you get noticed by the boss so you can get promoted, right? So you're much more waiting on other people to quote, discover you, whether it mean that literally or metaphorically, and you're not really taking hardcore initiative. So uh, because the market was changing, we decided that this little solution, because we were reading the books, it's like, well, you can turn a simple um, problem into a solution that other people will want. And I think you made a comment earlier, Mark. It's like when you have a, a like this irritation, it's not like life-threatening, it's just extremely irritating. So it's not like you can bring it up. It's not glamorous to bring, hey, I lost a leg in the war. Uh, we can talk about it. You know, you just got this low-grade irritation problem ongoing. And but that's something that affects people's lives day to day. And that's an example of you can take something small in your environment and say, wait a second, if I can bring a simple solution, a lot of times the, the problem that you're experiencing is, is somewhat personal. So you're actually quote an expert, you're an expert in feeling the problem, which is ironic that it doesn't have to be more complicated than that. So if you come up with a solution or a way to make it more comfortable for people to deal with the problem, you're actually an expert. So even though, you know, you're competing against all, sorts of products on the market, a lot of times you have a unique way of experiencing it. 
that we turned into a way to communicate with other people like her. And so that's how, that's how we started doing it. And, and to go back up a little bit, again, we weren't thinking, let's make a business out of this. We had a farmer's market opportunity just come into our town. So because we were homeschooling our kids and we've done that since the beginning, I saw it as, Hey, I'm going to take my older two boys who were 10 and eight at the time. And because this works so well for my skin, I'm going to see if we can actually make it into, you know, we have to learn the packaging, the labeling, how much do we charge? Will people buy it? What they won't know what it is. So how do we explain it? So for a season, which turned out to be definitely the summer and a little bit till the end of the year, we were able to just go to farmer's markets and talk to people and have them try it by giving samples. So all those little like market ideas that we were just, we read some books, but it was just kind of coming up with as we went along, we took it to the market and kind of more as a hobby. We didn't make a lot of money from it. We were doing a lot of trading because my boys are there and I wanted them to have a good time. So we would bring a lot of our lotion bars and lip balms that we made. And then we would come home with like swords, homemade swords and like dog beds and, and a lot of baked goods and just stuff that we would trade with the other vendors just for fun. But we also did sell and we figured out this is something that people need and there's an interest in it. And then when we came back the next week, people who bought the last, the prior week would come back and get more, which was really encouraging. So then we decided after that to take an online. Yeah. And that was like all these, you know, as far as talking about a journey, it's like a lot of times um, I was more prone to thinking of the big, you know, the big jump. So if you want to start a career or whatever, you're always thinking the big thing, you have to buy the big franchise or, or the big bold move. And so you're making these sort of a big leaps that can be dangerous. But in that example, it was a lot of these small steps, um, step by step, like learning how to package. We actually had to tweak the product because sometimes we felt it was too greasy or too sticky. It depended. So we fine tuned the recipe. So you didn't, you didn't have those little problems. We were very, very sensitive to it because one is she, she experienced the problem directly. So we just built and built and built read, built, <laughs> tested. And uh, that was the beginning of our journey just to being a lot more forward minded. It's like, okay, we can do things differently and it doesn't have to be this huge glamorous thing when you first start off. Um, but you, you do have to learn to put yourself out there. And that's, it's kind of like you start developing this stamina and this resilience. And I remember in the beginning, we'd spent late hours at night, um, fine tuning the recipe and we'd have like three or four different versions of it with slightly differences and slight differences in the formula. And we'd be like, analyze it to death you know, until the point we were falling over from sleep. And we don't now we're a lot more confident. But we had to go through that, that time period and we learned to become more confident about our ability to come up with something that makes sense. And, and I think that's something that you can learn. And yeah. that's eventually what we also started doing with our own kids. We started realizing we could pass on the same mindset to our own children who were just um, starting to enter their teens. So. Let me, because you guys said like a billion great things there in that time. And I think we're cutting this off at a good time because what you're getting into next is really, really great. Because um, I read up on the story, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to hear about how they incorporated their kids. So let me try to the best of my ability to kind of go back on some of the 
key points here. First of all, the whole idea of just kind of going through corporate America and not thinking ever about starting a business and that having that mindset, I had that mindset for years and it took for something kind of similar like life-changing to happen because you get to a point where you're like, you know what, I think this is something that I could do that would be fulfilling and gratifying for me more so than just working towards helping somebody else's dream, which is basically what we're all doing when we're working for somebody. So in that regard, and I I feel like this was more a situation where you guys were like, hey, this is something that's really working. Like I have actual experience that this is working for me and you're going out and doing all this stuff. It wasn't, doesn't sound like it was like me where it was like, I wanted to feel more fulfilled with my life. And that's how I wound up where I am doing this show now and wanted to kind of get away from fulfilling somebody else's dream. So I wanted to touch on that and kind of like, you know, just say that I can kind of relate how you fell into all of that and how, like, how did it make you feel? Did it make you feel once you kind of sensed that this could be a business and you were like, whoa, you know, this is like way more fulfilling than working for somebody. Well, there was a bit of a turning point with that. So once we got it online and we started making, you know, a thousand dollars a month, a little bit enough to kind of pay for itself and then a little bit of extra and get hopeful. So I think at this point we're feeling hopeful, like, wow, maybe, maybe someday in the future, we could actually make this uh, income for us. That would be, you know, maybe not pay all the bills, but at least support. And this is also at the time when a lot of people were starting to get laid off in the tech industry. So even in our household, uh, things that were taken for granted, like the company would supply the cell phones and pay the cell bills and buy the computer and printer paper stuff because Jonathan had a home office. So all of those things that were um, kind of just extras, but we got used to having not having to pay for those were starting to become our expenses. So this became a little bit, well, maybe we need this extra income to supplement some of the things that were happening in his company that were starting to lessen. And now we're realizing, okay, we either have to do without, or maybe we can support and supplement with a little side thing going on. And by taking it online, I didn't have to show up physically at the farmer's markets that start at six o'clock in the morning. And, and I wanted to just be able to be at home more and I still had kids at home. So I didn't want to be gone all weekend. So it was nice to see some potential there. And um, at the same time, a lot of his coworkers were slowly getting laid off. So now we were starting to be aware, like this isn't just for fun on the side and we feel fulfilled. It was, whoa, we got to kind of watch what's happening and what happens if. So I was pregnant with number eight and about a few weeks away from um, giving birth to her. And then it was like Christmas the next month. This is like all at once, he got the layoff notice. 
So uh, although there's, you know, severance and so on, we had to figure out what are we going to do? We were used to living in the area that we loved in a more affordable part of Northern California. And we knew that to, for Jonathan to get back into the tech field, we'd have to probably move to the Bay Area or be closer to the bigger cities where all, you know, some tech jobs would be. Because now, and then on top of that, he'd be competing with other people that also got laid off. So we had to decide what, which direction are we gonna go? So it was a little bit forced out of necessity. Well, this is starting this little business on the side is show some potential. Do we go all in on that or you know, do we go look for the tech job? So thankfully we had enough of a cushion to say, let's at least try the online, just selling online and see where it takes us. And then if it doesn't work, he could always go back and try to find something in the tech. So we opted to do that. We just went all in. And um, when you have to pay the bills, <laughs> you, get, you hustle. So there was a lot of adjustments. I mean, it just all of a sudden it's kind of me interacting with the customers and trying to fit in, you know, Jonathan's homeschooling now because I couldn't do both, but trying to figure out the, our roles together and what, you know, he could totally do the tech side and figure that stuff out. But a lot of times, you know, women are buying the skincare products, so they want to hear from me. So it take that all of that takes time. So that was a this was the biggest turning point in our journey was deciding to do that, and then hustling, making all those household adjustments and role, you know, changing and figuring that part out. But it ended up a huge blessing because that's where we decided we didn't want our kids to have to struggle the way we did with careers. I, I feel like everything happens for a reason. Your story reminds me of, again, of mine about, oh boy, six years ago, I think now, time flies. Six years ago, I was in the 10th year of working for a great company and they were restructuring a lot. They didn't lay me off but they offered me a buyout package and I decided to take it because I didn't really know where all the restructuring was going. And it's a decision I'm glad I made, but I found that again, to your point, as far as like, you need to be in a certain place to get the kind of jobs that you want. I found myself instead of moving to other parts of the country where I probably would have been able to get better jobs and the kind of work I was used to. I think my wife and I, we decided to just stay where we were in Maryland. And it was tough. Like I, I'm still to this day freelancing and contracting and have not had like a regular job with a company when, you know, where I'm actually on their payroll. I haven't had a job like that in, since 2016. And some of that was by design to kind of stay where we were. But as time has gone on, I've, I've come to actually like enjoy some of the freedoms that have come with that. But I can totally relate to the fact that, hey, you know, things change and just the whole like adapting to those changes and figuring out like what's important, what isn't. 
and then trying to incorporate your passion into that as well can be like a huge challenge. So I wanted to just kind of, you know, say that I, I totally relate. And I think a lot of other people have probably gone through the same thing. And before I forget, since there's a lot of, uh, you know, conversation on your part on that end, I do want to ask before we jump into incorporating your kids into the business. So you, you talked a lot about going to farmer's markets, getting feedback. And it's one thing if I like eat something that I make and I say, ah, this needs more sugar or whatever. And it's one thing for me to even if we go by how I feel to take a shower, I'm feeling achy and I'm like, that warm shower made me feel better. But it's a whole nother thing to really narrow it down and experiment with all different kinds of, uh, you know, minerals and, you know, all these things that you're trying out. Like, how, how do you know what is the right combination or the right thing? Like, how do you go about even, like, experimenting with these recipes because that to me I'm just like I I wouldn't know where to even begin like again I'll take a hot shower and I'll see if I feel better but you guys like you know what it takes and what you need to find how do you learn that yeah I think some of it is you know that's why I'm saying is like I think that's something we've learned that as part of this journey that really, if you, if you have, and we got this, I mean, we, we had a desire to try to fix the problem, but you kind of get discouraged after because you try so many different things. But once we got into our minds that there's, there's a, there is a something to relieve or a solution. And I think too, we, we were encouraging ourselves by reading some great business books and a lot of great business books out there, by the way. And I think one of them was, uh, or more than one, were saying, if you are experiencing the problem, right, then you you're almost halfway there to the solution because if you can analyze why. So when you're saying like it doesn't work, or it it, it, it doesn't work in a particular way, so it could be it doesn't last. Like maybe you put it on, but it doesn't it doesn't seem to give you relief after a couple of hours. So right there, that's part of your your problem analysis, right? It doesn't last. Or another one is it works, but it stinks. That's another problem. So it's, it doesn't smell. So after a while, you start to say, well, is there something else that could work similar to it, but doesn't stink? Or is there something similar to it, but it doesn't get sticky? Or is it, you know, so you start thinking about it and then you start noticing the combination of the products. So I think like she had the um, gloves in a bottle or something like that. Well, those products kind of sort of work, except they get your hands get sweaty. And then now they start, I think, peeling after a while. So you're like, okay. So you don't want something that's going to trap, you know, you start realizing, okay, this is the reason why, because you're experiencing the problem. And so if you just become more aware of it, try to deconstruct it, like even the fact that you're saying, hey, if you're taking a a shower, maybe you could say, well, why is that? Is it just simply because it's water or is it because of the change in temperature? And maybe there's a reason why my body is reacting. Maybe it kicks in, you know, certain hormones or whatever, because I know, um, I like taking uh, at the gym, the sonnets, and I was reading up on that is why people are so addicted to it, like I am. And this is actually changing 
it triggers certain hormones in your body to, to activate when there's intense heat. And, uh, and, um, it, and, and so it's like, Oh, that's interesting. I, I, I noticed it, but I didn't analyze it until I read it. And it's like, Oh, that's the reason why. And then you get into what is that? Is there a certain, um, uh, situation. So once you start understanding the problem in, in, in very specific terms, then the solutions might start appearing. So it's like, oh, so if I could find something that XYZ kind of replicates that in a, in a, in a, in a better way or in a more convenient way, then you're, all, you're getting close to, to finding the solution. So you're not going after this, I'm sitting in the bed and I'm going to come up with this big epiphany. Uh, one shot solution here's the drug and now billions of people are are going to find a solution it's much more of a, 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 a of a proactive and tentative search for a solution so that's that's what that's why we stayed up late at night we had like several different recipes that sometimes would actually work really well but they were they were sticky you couldn't go back to work you couldn't type on the computer so that's like that's a bummer in other words like shea butter by itself is very effective it has the consistency of lard like cooking lard well if you have that on your hands it might be effective but now you can't you can't Sticky. write you mm -hmm. can't write on the paper you can't go to work with it mm -hmm. so that's the problem so but if you combine it with something that renders it less sticky um as we discovered like with beeswax you you still get the benefits of it but it's less sticky so then you're like if you have too much beeswax then it's too hard so you just keep going through iterations and we like also that. found out that over time, because so it just started with that, that bar. And then, you know, I had a baby, I'm sure I can't remember which one it was now, but, um, and I was using Desitin on a diaper rash and I was looking at the Desitin and it was talking about how it's 17% zinc oxide and that's the effective ingredient. So I thought, oh, could I make my own like rash cream? Could I just, so we ended up just always keeping it super simple. Like, can we do something with just a few ingredients? And then add one more thing. So sometimes you come up with your base thing and then you, you know, find something else that might work for it. It's partly, it's like a word of mouth thing. You hear something that works, a solution for somebody else. You kind of experiment it with it and, and then maybe tweak it a little bit to make it work for you. So whatever, if it's skincare or something else that that's kind of a baseline to go with. So do you ever sit around when you're doing all this and have an epiphany and say, you know, I'm actually kind of like, a scientist or a chemist or something, because that's almost yeah. what it sounds like you guys are. You're kind of like scientists without like actually being scientists, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's kind of like when people cook, it's a little bit the same thing, you know, and I remember as a kid, I would just love putting like melt down marshmallows and put it on popcorn. And that to me was like the best thing ever. So, but nobody would think, so in a way you can kind of say, well, that's kind of scientific, you know, just, so it, it's the same thing when people are developing their own cooking recipes. In this case, it was like seeing something that's in a different product, fixing a different problem. And I was like, well, if I can just take that one thing and make it, and it worked for us, we actually took zinc oxide and we stuck it with the coconut oil and beeswax, blended it. And it makes a great rash cream. And, and then another one, I thought, well, if you put like a, a iron oxide, which is like a colorant in um, the lip balm, can we make a color like a lipstick? It works. So it's just experimenting. Yeah. And in that example, though, we had to go through several iterations because there are certain type of colorants that don't mix with 
oils and beeswax very well. So a lot of them on the market only work with uh, water-based uh, products. So again, we, we experimented Experiment. a lot. And you read that. up on things and by yep. now you can find books, you know, different kinds of books with recipes, even for skincare. And, you know, for me, I might see one would have that has 10 ingredients, like, okay, can I just scale that down to three ingredients? So it kind of fits in our, um, how we want to do things. And usually that's, you can do that. So hey, Mark, I have a question for you actually to make this a little interactive. Right. So what you're saying that, uh, because of the skin problem and um, you take uh, hot showers. You said hot showers, right? Well, you, if I'm feeling achy or something, achy. it was just an example. I, yeah. I wouldn't take a hot shower to resolve my dryness okay. or anything. That's, that's but, terrible. But are, you, but are you saying that, uh, which I understand too with the, with the hot shower, but are you, what I'm saying is, is that if that is solving a, a, a temporary uh, minor uh, problem and you were interested in pursuing this further what you would do is you would start experiment take a log of your own piece uh, you know a little notebook and find out you know oh my goodness if i really crank it you know to a certain temperature or the reverse super cold um i get maximum effect and then you start saying well what if i did shorter longer switch between hot and cold and then after a while as you start logging this thing you, you could see if, if this were the case that maybe, hey, I could put this as a PDF for other people who have a similar, you know, annoying um, thing happening to them. But now I've got it scientifically down, so to speak, scientifically meaning, you know, the, the, the temperature, the, the, um, the amount of time, maybe certain times of the day, or if you do it pre or post before you go to bed. Those are those kind of things that can almost turn into a product, even an informational product. If you take a simple problem, and then you push the boundaries further until somebody else could replicate it and download it. That would be a, a great way for someone who has a minor problem, right? It's usually not a huge problem. I mean, it'd be great if you did find one, but if it's not a huge problem that gets advertised, you have an opportunity um, to break into it, right? The big boys haven't poured all their money and research into it. And that would be a, a way to experiment with, turning a, a nuisance problem into a small solution. And then, and then from that small solution, you could take it to the next level and to the next level. Well, if that question was directed right at me, I'll respond by saying all that stuff you said is what a smart person would do. <laughs> I, Cause really the one thing I've learned about entrepreneurship is that you, in order, I, in my opinion, to be successful, you have to have the solution to a problem that people are having. And a lot of that, I suppose, can be applied to podcasting. You don't necessarily want to just be a, you know, podcaster blind and just, you know, talking about whatever. You want to have, like, some kind of you know, solution to people's problem. And I guess for me with the podcast, the one of the things I'm trying to like resolve is to kind of like help inspire people who may feel like pursuing exactly what you two are doing is not possible. I guess I'm trying to crack the egg a little bit and be like, wow, you hear Renee and Jonathan's story? Like, 
that's amazing. Maybe I can do something like that. Like I'm having this issue or that issue. And, you know, that's one of a few things that I know I'm hoping to do. And yeah, as far as like anything outside of this, I, I don't know if I would ever think that way, which is why you're there and uh, you have the kind of success you have and why I want to talk to you and learn from you. <laughs> well, that's actually, that, see, that's interesting because that's where we are taking our kids through their own journeys in the same way, because that was the exact thing that we saw would be a problem. Like our kids are going to be under our roof. We're going to be expected to hopefully, you know, find a path for them. And if they're motivated enough, they'll get into a college and hopefully we can get some scholarships because nine kids in college is going to be really expensive. And so all of those thoughts come through our mind and we're thinking, how, is this going to be, is this going to be the route for them? So if anything that, and the answer to that is really what we are, are advocating for the parent, their passion, parents with kids is to start younger, because if you can start getting that mindset, it's harder for us when we're, you know, for us in our forties and fifties to, to have that mindset. Now we wish we had when we were younger. And um, so I would love to have Jonathan share that part of how he teaches the kids to do that. Is that, is that a good start for you? Oh my gosh, yeah. I just had a conversation with somebody about something similar to that where I wish that some of the things that the three of us know now that we've learned through life, that we would have gotten a little more of a jump on that when we were younger. And not all of us are going to become entrepreneurs and not all of us are going to make seven, eight figures, although I hope somehow we all do someday. But I mean, just to have like that mentality and those tools, I really wish that I had more of that growing up because I would be a way different person now if I did, which I'm happy with who I am now. But boy, imagine if I if the light bulb went off a lot sooner and I'm going to let Jonathan explain how he might've done that. So at the time when we started doing the, the, the lotion business to solve a simple problem, then we were also taking a look at my oldest was um, getting, was turning 12 or just about 12. I can't remember his exact age. And I realized it's like, well, he's going to be on a trajectory at this point where we're just going to repeat our experiences. And we thought, you know what, things can be, we were hopeful and saying, we're going to make things better for him. And so we decided that we wanted to create a mindset uh, in him where he was looking at how he could bring value to other people with what he was interested in and what he was doing, including his education. So what we did is that even though we continued doing some things traditionally, as far as learning uh, traditional school subjects, we really flipped things around and we said, how can the curriculum, how can his time, how can his education serve him long-term? So normally it's the other way around, You're trying to fit, okay, I got a kid, how can we fit him? How can we fit his personality? to fit X amount of hours of math, X amount of hours of 
history, et cetera. So he's the slave to the curriculum, right? I mean, the idea is, okay, it's going to serve him long-term, but really we're forcing him to fit in these generalized category all across the nation. Everybody's doing the same thing. And so we flipped it around and said, how can these subjects, in addition to his time and his skills, how can these subjects serve him to accelerate him in his abilities towards what he wants to do long-term? And so a simple example is we started saying, okay, for your writing time, instead of doing a regular English curriculum where you're writing the essay down on the subject that they're telling you, instead hijack the topic they want you to talk about and you talk about this long-term interest that you have, like you're developing a portfolio and put that on a blog post. So right there, we're making the English curriculum serve his long-term passion. So we're flipping things around. So those were just little small things we did in many, many different areas. But one of the key things, and this was a gradual thing, right? It's not like we just turned on the, the switch and overnight. What we said is, how can we find a way for you to bring value to other people with this small skill? Maybe it's a passing interest, but let's see if you can learn to develop confidence to pitch yourself out there to bring value to other people. So a lot of times you, people can understand that in the sense of, uh, you know, lawn mowing, you know, the old, the, the, the typical teenage thing where you might go to your neighbors and mow their lawn. And that's fine. That's, that's an example of bringing value to other people, but it's usually not connected to their long-term future. You do this and then you go to college to study completely different. Usually you abandon that. It's not, it's not leading you to, to go anywhere. And it's not necessarily building on your, sort of your strengths and your abilities. So we look first at uh, something that's in our family environment and specifically in our child's wheelhouse of interest and say, how can we use that? So you can find someone or a situation where you could start bringing value, even if it's a small amount. So we had one child, uh, the oldest one at that time, he was interested in just normal photography he had inherited uh, an old camera, digital. It was still a digital camera, and uh, he was having a great time. You know, um, his ki his kids would skateboard down, and he'd film that. He had a little video on it, and then he would make it look like the kid was uh, uh, getting hit by a car. I mean, using the um, just kid stuff, just kid <laughs> stuff. And you know, it's consuming, right? He's not producing value. He's having fun. He's having a good time, but it's all inward focused. So we said, hey, uh, we see you're having a great time with this, but how about you help us with the business? Uh, uh, that was our lotion business. And we needed to take product shots. And we were just doing our simple product shots. We couldn't afford a professional photographer, not at the you know high rates at that time. And so we needed better shots of doesn't show shadows, you know, like product shots. And, uh, and, so, and so we said, well, we'll give you a little cash, a little pocket money if you start learning how to do that. He said, sure. So he went to the local camera store and bought some cheap lights. And while he was there, the, the camera guy said, hey, what are you going to do this for? And he said, oh, I'm, I want to take some products. So, so he, the guy told him, he, my son told me this, I wasn't there. He said, well, let me give you a little tutorial on how to set up the lighting so you don't get those uh, weird shadows, but you can still see the product clearly. So he came back and he started doing that for us. So he started using his what was otherwise a fun passing interest that might have just died or gone by the wayside. He started bringing value to someone else. In this case, it was to us. But from there, he found that he could start doing uh, um, 
rentals in our neighborhood. But that's with a drone. With a drone. He turned, he from that it kind of developed. So what starts with a camera, um, turns into maybe video with the kids down the street. Then he's also learning how to make fun videos, add music to it. And then he had access to a drone. He got to try out. By then he's making money. A lot of this turns into its own family economy because what they do and we, we give him some money for doing the product shots. He turns that into, oh, I'm saving enough money to buy a drone or he'll get birthday money or whatever. And so it, it starts to feed his own interest, which gets better. He gets better and better and better at something. And then he takes it to the next level and to the next level. So now he's 24 and he is a, he was a drone operator as his own website, but then he also now has become a manager of the drone operators as, and he's self-employed, but he gets hired by these companies that need all of this drone uh, work done. And so it just, all of this kind of progressed over time and you can't do that overnight. So it's really hard for someone who gets laid off to decide, okay, I'm going to pivot and what am I going to do? And we see that like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if, your child never had to face that. But if they have these, you know, starting at age 12, which is a perfect time, they're going to be involved in sports or music or activities, no matter what they're, I mean, kids are, so it's not a lack of time. There is time to start developing those talents. And then if you have an advantage of being able to uh, work the education around that. So some of the things they have to do for school anyway, can be directed towards like, why don't you look up the history of the drone? Why don't you look up the science of how photography works? You know, all of those other subject areas can be directed toward what they're interested in that, and they're motivated. So they're going to actually remember it, not just pass a test and forget all the information the next day. We have them blog about it. They have like, if some kids are great doing in front of the camera, so you have them vlog instead. And so they're doing short um, camera shots. So everything is getting built up and it's like a big portfolio. So it sounds like at the end, wow, that kind of, we, you know, we get that too. Your kids were born so smart. Like, no, we had to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah. That confidence just builds yeah. and builds and they're constantly pivoting. They're so used to, to writing emails or talking to people on the phone. It depends, you know, the type of activity they're in, you know, some people are uh, more verbal oriented versus, you know, more email and so forth. But the point is, is that instead of this being this huge thing, you go from being an employee to now you're a salesperson. It's not like that. They've done this so many times in small, small little things that they really are compared to us. They're way bigger risk takers, but ironically it's less risky because they have all these um, sales skill, personal sales skills. They have these, they're just, they think this is normal. It isn't normal actually, but they think it's normal um, because they had enough, lift off in the area of interest. So by the time they're 18, they don't have to say, oh, I was interested in, 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 in this sort of eventual dream job, but now I, I got to go work a fast food and, uh, and just go through the motions of college because I still don't know what I want to do. So if you get them to that level where they can support themselves, then they just keep building. They don't have to abandon what they built on. And that's a lot of times what people do. They'll have a hobby or an interest but then when they turn 18 and graduate from high school, they can't continue that. So they have to abandon everything because they never figured out a way to bring in some money with it. If they had started sooner, they would have pivoted just ever so slightly. And eventually they would have figured out uh, gradually how to bring more and more money uh, doing that particular skill set. So it's a gradual change and organic growth rather than, okay, I'm going to do six years of soccer. And this is awesome. 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 Pour all my time and energy and then high school stops and that's it. 
Yeah. Now you're working two shifts at the fast food place, or you know, you you didn't build anything. You just were having a good time, which and you is could fine. have you could have done something soccer related. You could have done something with soccer yeah. to bring in money, but you didn't. You didn't ever tested it. You could have studied more the anatomy. You could have studied you know, all kinds of different subject areas around soccer, or the right kind of clothes to wear, or how to perform better, or you know what what makes a better soccer player. But so there's a lot of educational things around that. That once kids, if they're really into a certain thing, then what we help parents do is. Don't just stick with that one. I'm going to be a professional soccer player. And that's parents kind of freak out when they hear their kids say that, but get other skill sets alongside that. And then it might move into something completely different. Like, oh, I like photography and soccer. So use those together and then build on it. And then sometimes one might drop off, like the soccer might drop off and the photography and then something else comes in to play. So a lot of it is a little bit of pivoting back and forth until by the time they're 18, they're making money. None of, we have five kids out of the house now. And when they left the home at around 18, 19, they were already making money to live on their own. And so none of them decided to go to college. They could have. This could have also helped them get into a certain degree. Makes they really an awesome wanted. portfolio it's if they want to do that. In this case, they all decided, no, nah, I don't really need college. And they're already, you know, by, especially by the time they're 22, they're far ahead without debt compared to some of their peers. I love every single word you guys just said. Well, that's maybe, great. <laughs> maybe it would be a question if I don't need college. I mean, I'm not one of those people that are like, everybody should go to college, but college is still, it's, it's still cool. It's still okay. But every single thing that you guys said there was phenomenal. And this is exactly why I do this show and I feel like I say that every other episode. If you listen to every episode, you're like, well, you always say that, Mark. And that's probably true. But good everything that you guys said there, like I absolutely love the mindset. And I think it can not only apply to kids, it, it can apply to like anybody. Cause one of the things that you talked about oh, I turned 18, now I got to get a fast food job or some other kind of thing I'm not really that passionate about in order to make a few bucks getting through college. And, you know, that's if we go to college. And, and uh, you know, our dreams and our passions wind up taking a little bit of a back seat. And I feel like, Something like that kind of happened to me where I really had passion for broadcasting and TV production and really wanted to, even if I was just a grip or a camera person for a parade or whatever, I, I wanted to do things like that. And this is going back before technology really boomed to what it is now, but I wanted to do things like that, make more time for it, but there was so much pressure on me to, well, you need a full-time job in addition to your full-time school load and everything else. And it just gets to the point where you have that mindset that maybe the three of us had where, okay, we just got to focus on climbing the corporate ladder and, doing a good job and yeah I have these passions and hobbies but that I'll I'll 
work on that another time in life. And it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. And I think the way that you got through to your kids and how they're applying their passions and pivoting and, you know, kind of changing with what their talents are and what their interests are. Oh gosh, I, I love it, love it, love it. Like this is this is why one of the 10 billion reasons why I love doing this show. Like I'm totally inspired by that. And again, I think what you're teaching can get through to all of us, not just the younger generation, which I think is absolutely terrific that you're encouraging that and oh man I what's hopeful too it's like what's really hopeful is that kids and adults today have so much access to so many things that we all didn't have it was like college or you know you work at the mall is kind of how I saw it so we but today there's so many things you can do and we started our business in a recession and for kids today to think that they can't do something going through another recession now, this is the time there are so you could just, especially if you're not too afraid, you just got to think outside the box of the potential parents should really see this. And not only that, all of the activities that kids have been involved in easily because people, parents have had money to pay for them. That's going to change. But if you can actually get your kids to be with the activities and the interests that they have, if they can get so good at it that they can actually make money from it, it will pay for their own activities. So all of a sudden, instead of mom and dad paying for them to go do this and go do that, now it's going to be on the kid. Well, if you want to do that, let's see if you can, you know, you might, parent might just start off a little bit with them and maybe take a course on something that they're interested in. But even the kid that's into gaming and just wants to do that, we had one of those, we had to pivot so that, okay, you can, that's going to be a little bit of a reward, but let's make even the gaming situation um, better for the other players. How can you bring value? Everything comes back to how can what you're learning and doing and enjoying, how can you bring value to other people? And if that means you need to go study something and get better at it, do that. And it's just, it's as simple as that. And then once everything happens at once, they, they're up late at night, we have to tell them to go to bed because they are so into what they are learning. They wanna learn more. They wanna bring it back to other people who are like appreciating what they're doing and are willing to even pay for it. Or even, even if it's just like, oh, can you make me this? Can you make me that? And it's from their peers. What kid won't, what, what kid's going to turn that away? <laughs> you know? right. it's, it's, it's just, it solves so many different issues that parents have to deal with. And um, so it's, it's a no brainer to us now because we've done it so long, but I feel like now, especially with just things getting expensive, now is the time to really invest in it. Totally agree. And yeah, I I cannot agree more with your philosophy and thought process. And I think you're acting as a great mentor to your kids and to anybody that you're teaching this same mindset to. I mean, even for me, knowing what I know and understanding it's still good to hear that from somebody who's really applying it, that while I may be really passionate about this show and get a good uh, amount of positive energy from doing it and 
learning a lot. I have to bring value to the audience as well. I need them to get something out of it. And it can't be all about, oh, you know, well, I'm, I'm fulfilled. You know, I don't, even though I have a podcast that's out there for the world, you know, whatever, you know, take it or leave it. No, I definitely want you to take it and get something out of it. And that's why I have guests like you on this show to not only learn about your journey and learn about your journey, but to also learn something about yourself and about life and maybe unlock something that you didn't know before or didn't understand about yourself. And I feel like that's one of the big things that you're doing with your life here is that you're helping people to stop and especially your kids, which is amazing, to just stop and say, hey, what value, like this, I may feel great doing this, this might be fun, but how am I bringing value to others? And I think that's one of the big keys to not only being a successful entrepreneur, but just being successful in life. So that's amazing and I don't want to hold you guys up because we've been talking for close to an hour so before we go uh why don't you tell everybody how we can find you on social media online and how people can work with you and learn like all these amazing things and also how they can get made on and how they can actually feel better that that's really where all this started so the floor is yours with with made on skincare if you have that dry skin that mark and i are talking about (laughs) you could go to hardlotion.com and actually if you go to hardlotion.com forward slash freebie f-r-e-e-b-i-e that will give you our sample page so there will probably be something on that list of samples, whether you have chapped lips or the cuts and splits in your fingers, in your feet, um, go choose one of those. It's free, just pay shipping and we'll get that out to you. I know you'll be back for more because we have a lot of other products that will help with the dry skin. And then when you want to jump up. Yeah. So if you want to know how to get your, your teen started off on the foot and change their direction, you don't want them to repeat uh, your journey, your educational Mm -hmm. career journey, then go to parent Theirpassion.com. So it's parent, P A R E N T, and then there. So you got two T's in there T H E I R, passion. So parenttheirpassion.com. And right on the main page, if you put your email on there, you're going to get a download right away of a self discovery worksheet that's going to show you how to spot the interest that your child has. It could be a super small, you know, not that important of an interest. Uh, and it's going to show you how to take it. And then combine it with something else in your environment, in your family or in your environment, that's going to supercharge it. So you, you go from something like, oh, this is interesting. Eh, okay, whatever, to I'm going to find a way to bring value to people almost like right away. And I'm going to show you how to spot that. And that's part of that self-discovery worksheet. So you can do that. And with your email, we'll be sending out um, every few days, you'll get a tip, uh, a really insightful tip that, that uh, Renee and I wrote together. And uh, I think the first one is really powerful. It's going to show you how you think uh, something that's just an interest takes you nowhere. 
And uh, just by flipping it around, it's just, it's just really powerful. It's going to open your eyes up to see the world in a different way for your child. So this is the summer. And uh, if, uh, of course, if people aren't listening to it the summer, but during the summer is one of the best times to get started because your normal school routines are disrupted. People want to do something exciting and fresh. You've got to take advantage of it and change your habits um, and latch onto it. So this is going to show you how to do that with that download. I don't know if we've mentioned in the talk about how, what age this works the best with between the ages of 12 and 16, if you can get your 12 to 16 year old, if you're looking at your two-year-old thinking, what are you going to be when you grow up? <laughs> that can wait, just get yeah. other training done. <laughs> but if, as far as like 12 to 16 is a really good age to start. Yeah. We just put out a course actually for, it's actually a workshop. It doesn't take long. A lot of short videos to hold the attention of a teenager. It's a one hour workshop. And it's one hour with a bunch of short videos and some worksheets to fill out. And that's, and it's, we have gotten some great feedback on that. And this is actually for the kids to take. So sometimes parents are thinking, okay, I get it. I want to get my kid on involved, but sometimes they need somebody else to talk to the kid. That's kind of where we come in to say, hey, let's talk about some of your interests. So the best feedback we've gotten is, moms who say, I had no idea my kid was interested in this. I thought he was only interested in computers or only interested in playing football. And then they find out that there are a lot more um, interests that he has. So we walk them through a little self-discovery and it pulls in a lot from the parents too, because a lot of parents don't realize how much they have under their roof that they can offer the kids. And whether it's the career they're in or certain tools they have around in the house, there are a lot of things that we have gotten good at figuring out that um, helps parents to kind of guide their student, their kid through coming up with something that's going to actually turn into something valuable later. Well, I have no doubt that everything that you're talking about and offering is going to have value later because I'm already, you already have me thinking about if I ever have a kid, I, I definitely have to remember this conversation because what you're implementing is, in my opinion, a really good, even if your kid doesn't become an entrepreneur, it's a really good way to get them thinking about their talent and what they have to offer and gets them thinking in the right direction. So, yeah, you, at the very least, you've impacted me a whole lot with this conversation. So, Renee... Jonathan, uh, Milan, Parent Their Passion, as I hit the microphone, thank you very much for being on Mark My Words and taking time out of your very busy schedule. I really appreciate it. And I wish you guys nothing but the best, which I'm sure you guys only have one direction to go in with this mindset and everything you're doing. And that is up. So thank you both for being on Mark My Words. I'm Mark Schmidt, and I'll be back soon with another great guest in another episode. Thanks for listening, and see you soon. Thanks again for taking time out of your busy day to listen to Mark My Words. If you would like to connect with me beyond the show, you can find me on LinkedIn 
at Mark Schmidt, where I will be talking about entrepreneurship, careers, and anything else that is on my mind. You can also connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at Nimrod1979 and Nimrod79 respectively. This podcast also has a page on Instagram at MarkMyWords. And finally, if you want to leave me a voicemail or check out what I'm up to with the podcast, come find me at podpage.com slash mark dash my dash words. Thanks again for listening, and I'll be back with a new episode soon. Bye for now. Bye for now.